We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today, statistician and professional photoshopper Christian Hernandez. What's up? It's good to be back. Just fresh off a fun Knicks game, yelling a lot of bing bong sarcastically. It was a good time at the arena. We got to get into what the vibe was like over there. Also, we got to get into your war on on the Heat account and math. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I really uh, was we're hoping also, not to talk about this, but I guess we'll have to. I think we have to address the the, the biggest story in Miami Heat uh, the last couple of days. Also, we're going to get into that insane Sixer story. I know that Chris and, and Kenny brushed up on that, so we'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, also, Kenny Spence. What up, Kenny? What's up? What's up? I haven't earned the title yet, man. I got a few more shows to do, I guess. I, You know, because it has to come organically. Like, Siobhan yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, have yeah. one either. Like, Tiff is, is reality check master. Right, that's that's Tim's Which is title. Very fitting. It's it's who she is, right? So we we gotta we gotta you know everyone's gonna get theirs uh, as time comes. I wanna you know we're gonna talk about all star selections too. Uh, you know we'll we'll get into that in a second. I thought it was pretty. Uh, the East was pretty straightforward. The West, I think, is a little more interesting. Um, you but it was pretty straightforward. The East. I guess we could start. There. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, like, sorry if I just like. I don't think DeMar DeRozan's the best player on his own team. And why is he's, Trey Young there? I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so DeMar, he's not the best player on his team, and he's at the wrong position anyway. Well, so let's, let's, what position did he get in? I didn't even he know plays four, but he's part of the guard. He got in as a guard, oh. which is the, the weird thing. So for the audience that doesn't know, the All-Stars have been picked. In the East, the starters are Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. So I think the forwards, you know, the, the three guys in the front court are, you know, deserved. I think those are the three best forwards in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, th- that's fine, right? Those three guys. Mm-hmm. You know, DeMar, I think, has absolutely earned a spot. I He he asked to be a guard, right? Because, you know, he, he wants to be, you know, cleaning the glass has him playing 
all his minutes at forward this season. They don't have him playing at guard. Zach Levine's another guy who has most of his minutes at forward, at small forward this season via cleaning the glass, and he he's eligible as a guard. So kind of interesting. Um, you know, Trey, I, I, I think what other guard would you have over Trey, Chris, if it's not Trey? I mean, it's like oh, Trey, I, I Drew Holiday. I, I love just being the guy that says that they picked bad and then not actually have to. <laughs> it's just kind of like nobody stands out and his numbers are really good. And I know that they suck, but it's like Holiday, but it's like you know, a lot of games missed. Well, and then why not Bradley Beal? Aren't the Wizards Because he's not a season. He's been terrible this year. Yeah, he has not. His numbers have not been as good as Trey really? Young and his team's bad. Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been bad this year. Yeah, he's been like the shooting, especially has been bad. So like you know, yeah. Lonzo, and it's like you really like you're really putting uh, Lavar. I'm, I'm I'm Lamelo. Damn, wrong wrong ball person. Um, <laughs> you know, Lowry. You know, uh, eh, Van Vliet. Eh, you know, Garland. Eh. So I think the, Trey. The starters are for the fans anyway, so I understand this Trey pick. I get the Demar thing. I think he's a forward, and I think that's gonna be really annoying when it comes to all NBA stuff. Because yeah. I mean, him as a guard is just ridiculous, and I don't know if he'd get in as a forward. Maybe he might sneak in as a forward, but uh, it's tough. Huh? Sorry, I'm just catching up on how Bradley Beal's been kind of ass this season. No, yeah, he's been ass. <laughs> it's part of why they're not playing that well after their hot start. Yeah. In, in Dude, the big West, fucking, it's fucking Trez, man. Trez is carrying that team. Apparently, it's amazing. And Kyle Kuzma too, somehow. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma's having a pretty great year. Hold on. Kale U says, bad team, ugly mofo. Makes me want to poke my eyes out when I watch him play. Who is that in reference to? Yeah, that could who be is anybody. Julius Randle? I once said that <laughs> Tony Snell leads the league in ugly. I don't think anyone's <laughs> oh, thrown in. Yo, poor Tony Snell, man. He fucking he's got he just gets wrecked out here on a regular <laughs> basis. It's like, like the, the most common player. NBA meme is that fucking stat of him playing like 28 minutes, no points, no rebound, yeah. no assists, no nothing. Like oh of four from the field or some shit. Like just brutal Incredible. brutal shit. <laughs> uh real quick, the starters for the West are John Morant, I think earned Steph Curry, earned um Nikola Jokic and LeBron James. The third, the fifth starter, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Warrior Wait, Nation. Du- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> Dub Nation came through. Andrew Wiggins with the late push, the last two returns. What? No, no, no. no. Okay, know. hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Back All-star starter, Maple, Maple Jordan. How do they determine this again? It's like part the fan 50% vote. 50% fan, 20% player, 20% media. Isn't that only 90%? No, 50, 25, 25. Oh, 25, 25. Okay. I know. <laughs> Absolutely asinine. Absolutely okay, asinine. The Bradley Beal thing, has he been a lot better than I realized? Like, No, I mean, Wiggins has been like kind of good, but yeah. chat says I misspoke. They said I said 20. You heard correctly. Um, Yo, he's shooting forty percent from three. No, yeah, Wiggins has right, been he's, good. He's having a good year. Not All Star starter good. <laughs> oh, in the dude, West, yeah, eighteen but... four and two, and he's starting in the West. What the fuck? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. The the, the fans but, the fans came out for for my guy over here. Yeah, you know what? Phoenix Suns fans kind of had themselves to blame for that because there's no do. reason he should be in there over Devin Booker. Well, Devin's a guard, so right, like right. Jaw and Steph. Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah. You know, that, that 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 spot. It's tough. 
that that in the West is tough. I mean, you know. Oh, Luka he's got Luka. Canada too. Oh, he's right, got yeah. Canada. He's got Canada. That's, yeah, that's he's got Canada. That's Canada, didn't, Canada didn't come out for Fred though. For Fred Van Vliet. Is Fred actually Canadian? Huh? Mm, he's African. He's from like Cameroon or something. Oh, okay, right. So it's like like they're in for Andrew because he's like I mean he's the Wait, best no, player I'm, on I'm the Canadian Olymp- Olympic team, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Wait, no, no. Fred Van Vliet's from like Illinois. I thought. Oh yeah, he, yeah. I know he, he is. He is. But I'm saying that like just Toronto, like just Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Young Snap sixty nine says no eat Hall stars. Not at least as a starter. Although I don't okay. think that any of us or anybody thought they were gonna get kind of a starter. Um, you know the the missed games from Jimmy. You know the position. Yeah, it's, the, the, not worth, it's nothing worth getting upset about. The only guy who really yeah. deserves to go is Jimmy. And I think I think Lowry has a legit case. I don't know if he'll get in. I think Lowry I has a legit has case. Not, I mean, definitely not to be a starter, but no, not a starter. Well, sorry, not, a starter. Yeah. not a starter. And now that Durant's out, you know, they can fit, you know, an, an extra guy in. So it could be yeah. that could be Kyle's spot. So do you think that there's actually an argument for Tyler? No, I, you know, and Brian and I went through this. I I don't think he has an argument over Kyle because not only the defense, just they look so much better on the court with Kyle. The advanced stats favor Kyle. Um, you know, he's been a better defender. He's just been a better bat. I think Kyle Lowry is the third best player on this Heat team. And I, I don't think we should really bring that up for question anymore. Yeah. I think Tyler is a really talented scorer. I just don't think he's better than than Kyle or other guys on the team. And Kyle, for me, would be like a, like the last all-star in. In the East, like I don't think Tyler's better than Darius Garland or Fred Van Vliet or guys like that, right? Right, Kenny? Are you- right. And the thing we have to kind of point out too, and I just realized today, the game is in Cleveland, yeah. And so they're gonna want a Cavalier in there, and as I great think Allen as gets it. well, as great as he's been, I don't. Garland's just the more fun pick. He's the more like glaringly obvious. We understand what Jared does, and well, in his coach, so I'm not sure, but. I feel like it'll be Garland over Allen. <laughs> I think Allen. I think I th- most people, most NBA people I've talked to and I've asked, they've all said they've all said Allen. I kind of yeah. lean to Allen after looking at the numbers. I think Garland's more exciting. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean that that's kind of I mean Brian and I did our, our our picks and I mean we were we were pretty in line. I mean I don't think the East has a ton. You know Brian shockingly had three had two Raptors. Brand took Brand took Siakam and, and yeah, I didn't even have Siakam. trying to jinx you guys. I'm like, I I wouldn't even take Pascal, but I understand that like Jason Tatum doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence sincere um, from a lot of people. You shouldn't be an all star this year. Shmita Smolnik says most NBA people. G's just texting Alex Toledo and Hot Take Harry. <laughs> hey man, don't don't sleep on Nikias and Leif now. <laughs> Come on, man. You know? Yo, is, is Schmeethan, like, secretly in the group chat? Because, like... <laughs> hilarious, dude. I, I was saying, I don't know who it was on, on, on WAP last night when they said, uh, when they made the joke that Jack went from war from war correspondent to HQ real quick. I think that was Schmeethan. I've been laughing at that shit all... Sometimes, like, y'all have a comment uh, while we're live, and I, I think about it, like, all day because it's so fucking funny. Um... 
so yeah so i mean we don't have to relitigate miami's kind of all-star chances i think that brian and i we, we covered kind of covered that pretty thoroughly but you know it was kind of fun to talk about the the returns and the, and the all-star starters and all that stuff because uh you know coaches pick next week and i believe that next week is the deadline for the coach uh to um to to coach the all-star team so you know eric spolster could have that locked up in a week or so uh so hoping miami can kind of hold serve and, and keep the, the first place uh spot that they have couple things speaking of speaking of their first place you know their their demolition of the new york knicks yes i want i i told you guys before the show i wanted to talk a little bit of like anecdotal stuff about about the heat and how this team feels different in like how the city believes in them during the finals run i don't know if y'all i mean that was like right in the middle of like our maximum covid lockdown right we were just getting out of it so i mean i, I would go around like i'd go for drives and i you know i'd probably like go outside for like a, a coffee or whatever but when i wasn't like out out right and i didn't just feel like people around the city were like into the the team making a finals run like they have in, in years past and this year man i'm walking out of my building somebody sees me with a heat hat they like want to high five me and they go bro we're gonna win this year and it's just like a lot of stuff like that people are just a lot I don't know, Christian. You go to all the games. Like, am I am I really pull? Am I, is this just like incredibly personal? I don't stuff or like I think the city is legit behind this team. Yeah, I mean, obviously at the games, everyone's going to be behind them. You're at the fucking game watching them play. Um, but no, but like anecdotally, like I definitely have noticed more just like you know being out in public, whether it be you know the supermarket, whatever, walking down the street. And they see him wearing like you know a heat jersey or something like that. I, I definitely, a lot more people uh, seem to be engaged to like make conversation, which I don't think was always the case. Even necessarily, like you know, during the bubble run, like you said, obviously there were uh, things going on that maybe why I wasn't having those experiences. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, no. I mean, there's definitely a different level of excitement, and that's honestly great to see because. I was, I've always been a, a little bit skeptical about how engaged people would be without that massive star power that the big three had, because there's not a ton of reels, like Tyler's the biggest star, if you really want to argue like yeah. what a you know, what a conventional star, like marketing like wise person. would be. Oh, and yeah. it's like, because Jimmy, Jimmy is more of the grinder. He's just like the most elite grinder in the NBA. Like, but it's not like, you know, he's not going to take over a game and hit, like, a bunch of threes or a bunch of jumpers. I mean, he actually did that in the bubble run. He was on that shit like crazy. But we haven't seen much of that since. So it's, like, it's hard to kind of look at him that way. And then you see Tyler coming into his own. Like, you know, so how often is he creating offense right now with no help? No screens, no nothing. He's just taking somebody off the dribble and making something happen. And he's doing a pretty decent impressive. job of it. Like, And that's the part where it's, like, I get it in the in the advanced stats and a lot of that stuff. It's not really reflecting the growth that Tyler's shown, but he's a much more complete offensive player than he was his first couple seasons. Shout out to D three oh shout out to D three oh five Nando for the for the prime sub. They also gave a message with their sub. Fuck the Knicks. I agree. <laughs> Fuck your life. <laughs> but um to back up Christian's point about Tyler being the biggest star, I haven't been to an actual game in a long time, but Christian knows because he goes pretty often. There's a feeling in the arena when Tyler comes into the game, and every time he touches the ball, when, this when city he's going is up just, to take a shot. 
Yeah. Like, you hear the <gasps> like, and it's a whole stadium getting hype, and that doesn't yeah. happen for anybody else. And so it's something you can't really quantify if you haven't been to a game and seen Tyler. I do recommend anybody who hasn't gone go. It's just an amazing experience. This city is totally behind them. Do you would you say that it's similar to like Ray Allen taking a shot, Chris? Or not or not quite um there? I'd say to a greater extent. Uh, I, there's there's some it's who would be the comparison on older Heat teams? At least taking like a three and causing that reaction. Like I would, I would compare the that reaction to the reaction everybody had for four years when Dwayne or LeBron threw up a lob, and everybody knew that's, that the other one like was hyperbole. on the other side of the rim. Yeah, it's not hyperbole. Like it was that kind of thing. Chris, that's, that's kind of I don't. Crazy. I don't think it's. That, I don't think it's hyperbole. I went to his first preseason game. I think it was against the Spurs, and it was already like that. You know, I, I've like told this, Kenny, I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story, but I, I've told this a bunch, and like how the heat in this city are really weird, and it's like why I always think it's a basketball town more than anything else. My sister's high school graduation, it was the day of Game 7 of Heat Pacers. First thing said in the graduation was not, thank you, students, thank you, parents. It was, we're going to finish early so we can all watch the game today. And that place was the loudest at that fucking graduate. And the fucking abuelas behind me that didn't speak English were hyped because everybody was in on that fucking team, right? That, that Those games were an event for this city, right? When when the, he made the yeah. bubble final, I remember I just saw a bus driving around <laughs> with, let's go heat, congrats on the final. And I was like, that's kind of sad that that's the most... I've seen, right? So I'm wondering how this team is going to fare now that, you know, we're, we're a little bit more back into society in spite of uh, the Omni, um, Omicron kind of outbreak or whatever. I mean, we're, we're more back to normal than, than we were in 2020. And they, this team feels special. They put together stretches of basketball where they just utterly make the team opposite from them look like they don't belong on the same floor. And they do this regularly. That Laker game, for three and a half quarters, the Lakers look like they just did not belong on the same floor with them. They did that to the Suns. They did that to the Jazz. They did that to the Mavericks. They've done it to the Bucks twice. And Christian, it's like they keep doing this. And they obviously, like, they're not whole. But it's like the evidence is overwhelming. They're fucking good, man. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing that I, I feel like has impressed me the most is that it, it, it really feels like they've just been getting better as the season's gone on. And so much of that has been with their biggest stars in and out of the lineup. Like having, I, 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 went, I took a buddy last night who, you know, he admitted to me like while we were on the way to the stadium that, or to the arena, that he hadn't watched anything this season. He was pretty out of the loop. And he, he was pretty, he's pretty good about, you know, staying with the team and staying up to date. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's play a fun game. I'm going to list out five guys. And I, I, I just l- let me know if you've ever even heard of them. All right. And I mean, obviously you, got, you guys can probably guess who the five were. But four out of the five, he had no fucking idea. And obviously, like, he literally bu- busted out laughing when I said, Omri, you're at seven. Because he thought I was fucking with him. <laughs> but no, and it's like that's just so. Just think about that from a casual. Which one did he know? Like it's like it they're Tyler? making they're making wine with water, you know. Like and it's yeah. been it's been super awesome to see, and it only seems like they're getting better now that they're getting you know Bam's back, 
you know, Jimmy and Bam have been relatively healthy, even though it's kind of bummed to see that Jimmy has a bad toe now or whatever. Fucking toe. But, you know, <laughs> it's, in. It's, it's exciting, dude. I'm just they're, that creeping in, they're creeping into top 10 in half-court offense, which I think is probably the most interesting development for the second half of the season. I think a lot of the trends that we saw early, like, hey, how real are these Deadman-Tyler bench unit lineups? That seems legit. Those lineups are still crushing people. Deadman's fantastic. Tyler and him have a great synergy together. We have the the Jimmy off the ball as a roller with Kyle. You know, Kyle obviously out for a bit, but that for most of the season when they have played, Jimmy is the best role man in the NBA. I think he's the 99th percentile last time I looked in terms of pick and roll role men with, with any sort of volume, right? So a lot of their trends that we looked at early, you know, have held. Now the half-court offense is creeping back up. If Kenny, if they can have a top 10 half-court offense, they have the third-ranked offense right now, we know what they're going to look like when they're healthy defensively because they just haven't been healthy on defense. If they can have a 10th or 11th-ranked offense like in the half-court and then have the elite defense that we think they can have, I am very, very hard-pressed to pick against them in a playoff series anybody in the nba and that may sound crazy that make made me sound like a homer they are just so uniquely equipped to deal with the elite teams in the nba because of their personnel they're switching in their coaching that if they can get that the only thing that you can point to is that how court offense i have questions if they can answer that question from now until the first round of the playoffs i think i think we're talking title baby yeah, and I've said before the season even started, even if I weren't a Heat fan, just looking at this team, this is a championship caliber team. Just the way they built, we don't have to talk about the defense. We know that already. But with the offense, watching the game yesterday made me realize how deadly it can be just because the Knicks, who aren't as good defensively the world last year, obviously, but they had to decide on those Bam and Duncan DHOs, all right, am I going to – just follow Bam and stop him from being on this dominant roller he is, or do I just go out and blitz Duncan? They chose Bam, and we saw what happened. And so if teams have to deal with that, and especially Bam doesn't get enough credit for being as aggressive to score as he's been this year also. And so that unlocks what wasn't there with those DHOs last year because teams could just blitz Duncan and then Bam's just looking for something else instead of taking those shots. So now those teams really have to stretch themselves then and figure out how that works. And now you also have Kyle coming back. You have PJ in the corner instead of Iguodala. And so it's just at a point where teams just don't know what to do against them. Kenny, so the Lakers were blitzing Duncan on the handoffs, and mm-hmm. guess who was springing free every time? PJ, who was kind of triggering right. them. And the Lakers were like, I mean, PJ was, he had so much space, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's he, the Duncan thing, has right? gone so good at that pass. He did not have yeah. that early, and that was really the first counter weapon that he built in, and it's been pretty foolproof unless they switch. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's, it's been I mean, terrific. It's deadly. It's deadly. He's been making passes even outside of that to where, like, okay, he really worked on his playmaking. He's in the film room, whatever the case is. He's really worked on this. And so now he has that pass, and he has better targets. No disrespect to Andre Godala and those guys, but he has better targets spreading the floor. Obviously, Bam scoring more. And so this is a deadly team, and I expect that them to climb in um, half-court offense even more once Kyle's back. So – the other thing I want to talk about real quick, and Christian, this is something that you and I have worried and wondered about a while, and we're kind of just checking back in. How are Duncan and Tyler lineups doing? Minus two um, per 100 possessions, 112 offensive rating, 114 defensive rating. Duncan without Tyler, plus seven. Tyler without Duncan, plus eight. That's still something. And now that Duncan is starting, they are separated again. Um, and Max acts as a buffer between them. That This hasn't been an Achilles heel for them yet, and I think Max really helps that. But that hasn't corrected itself. And that's one of the few interesting things I, I, I think we can take on the negative side, that that just hasn't been solved yet. Their offense yeah, um, is okay. The defense is eh. If you're going to have those two guys out there, the offense has got to be humming. Like, there's just no way around it. Um, you got to go in for a kill shot. And I, I think that part of what's probably making the stats look ugly is that, you know, you had at points. Are you So were, you, were those stats just this season? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you've early in the season, Tyler was on fire. Duncan couldn't hit anything. There was a little stretch where Tyler kind of cooled off for a little while, and Duncan was kind of refining his form. And it's only recently that we've seen both guys really kind of playing at their max potential. So I'm sure the numbers lately have probably been a lot better than they were earlier in the season. And that's really what I would be watching is, like, because what Duncan was doing in the beginning of the season is not him, and he's proving right. it now, especially over the last, like, few weeks. So – it's hard to take a lot of that stuff. You got to take it with a grain of salt. A lot of those offensive numbers that uh, with Jimmy and Bam both on the court that look really bad and the general lineup numbers that look really bad were when you had Kyle and Duncan shooting under 30% from three-pointers while on the court with them. That's a significant factor, especially with guys like Jimmy and Bam that are really primarily, you know, first instinct facilitators. So yeah, Jimmy and Bam, however, Christian have really, they're, they're met, they're, Two man unit has crept back up to positive. They're almost plus two. They're one. They're plus one and a half net rating. Offense still stinky. One hundred five uh, offensive rating. One hundred four D rating. So you know they're they're creeping back up. I think they've looked better as of late. Jimmy without Bam plus seven. Bam without Jimmy plus eight. Um, you know they haven't played a ton with Kyle. The three of them together. They've only played two hundred and fifty seven minutes, and they're plus four. Right. So 
that's the thing that I'm going to be looking at going forward. I, I think that, like you said, those things are kink workoutable, right? They have a couple kind of shooting woes or whatever that they've corrected. Duncan especially really opens the the floor for them. And then they see you nodding, Kitty. But like, you know, they're got they have such a deep team. And I, I thought it was funny on the oh. I don't know if you guys watched the ESPN broadcast. Uh Jeff Van Gundy said, you know, the Nets aren't as deep as this Heat team. And I remember when the Nets signed Patty Mills, re-signed Blake Griffin, <laughs> signed Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, uh have Nick Claxton and and Bembry and 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 Bruce Brown, right? They're like Oh man, this is a oh, Joe Harris. Oh man, this is a really, really deep team. They can win without you know one of their stars. What happened to that energy? Every time, G. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, I just want to bring up something uh, real quick, just because I uh, I found it uh, kind of like how I was saying that it just kind of felt that lately things had been working better with Tyler, Tyler and Duncan. I looked at the lineup numbers just for this month, which for the Heat is only seven games that they've both played together. But the Heat have a 103 defensive rating in their 125 minutes together. Like, obviously, still a relatively small sample, but that's significant progress from where have they been season-wide, G? It was like 115, I think is yeah. what you said. It was So um, that's, a, that's a big improvement. And obviously, having better defenders back in the lineup is going to help boost those lineups you know defensively and make it harder for teams to kind of expose those two 114 114 so that's it's yeah. a that's a it's 11 points per 100 possessions less that they're giving up on the defensive end the offense hasn't even been that crazy only 109 but they're plus that, six see, 103 defensive rating and to me christian that's a red flag because if your offense is not your offense is consistently not good with those two guys and i don't know what that is but it's it's just been it's been thematic throughout their tenure together, and it's yeah. just no, like I said, and and to reinforce your point, G, almost all these other lineup groups are well above that number, so it's like yeah. it seems to be a specific issue with them. So that's a that's not a bad problem to have because you separate them, and that's fine. Yeah. Because when you close games, you only want one of them, not both of them, right? Because you're gonna go with PJ, your big three, and then one of the shooters, right? And and then that's it. Or Oladipo or whoever, you know, whoever is playing well or, or Max, if he's kind of having a night or whatever. So I think that's probably their biggest logistical issue that has kind of been trending for years. And it's kind of a non-issue when it counts because it's just, it's an easy, it's an easy stagger and separate. Yeah, I think, yeah. But I think the issue with it, like you said, just don't play them together. It's completely fine. But I think it's just play style. I think Tyler, we know, is a bad defender. That's fine. Duncan is a pretty good defender, but he's not a guy you want to put next to a bad defender. It's just not going to work out that way. And on offense, Duncan, he does need guys to feed him the ball and find him when he's open. And Tyler's at his best creating his own shot. He's a pretty – he's a fine playmaker, but I think their play styles just don't really match. It's not a talent thing. I don't want anybody to think it's a talent thing. It's just their, their play styles just don't necessarily mess well, which is fine. Just separate them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think and, – and like I said, it was just something I wanted to bring up because they do they do yeah. so many things well as we talked about. Like the bench units have been great. The, the switching has worked out tremendous. They, they even mixed in some drop last night 
with Bam. I thought that was kind of an interesting wrinkle that that they're kind of bringing. And I think that's good that that Spo makes the defensive coverages. What a masterclass on Randall. Oh, yeah. I mean, nowhere to hide for that dude flailing like a fucking fish. <laughs> when trying, I mean, that was to me. That's the funniest part of the night is is Randall kind of going going up for a layup and, and flailing around, not getting a call, turning the ball over. I got to be honest, guys. I don't even think Miami played that well yesterday. A lot of sloppy turnovers, yeah. a lot of like poor passing, like not very crisp, and that they absolutely demolished them. But it's, it's crazy. The defense. It's the defense. It's the defense. It's an elite defense. And that's and why I really well. Yeah. And that's the reason why, like a um, traditional big, quote unquote, in a major role, wouldn't necessarily work. Obviously, Devin's great, but you want this team as modern as possible defensively, just switchable guys who can play um, three through five, probably. And that way you have a Bam who can just step out on Julius Randle and shut him down. You have a PJ who can guard anybody. It's better off that way. You just have as many body throwers or whoever as possible. This heat defense is tough to scheme against because of that. This is, this is elite defense. It's incredible. They got nothing out of Caleb last night, which is probably the, the most quiet game he's yeah. had in, in a long, long time. Uh, and, and like right. I said, they just, Gabe was not great either, shot the ball well, didn't do much of, of other things, and it didn't matter. They just, yeah. Jimmy and Bam were great, and Duncan was great, and that was, that, that was good. And, you know, it's a wrap. And that's what you love about this team. Everybody doesn't necessarily have to play well because they have so many capable guys who can step up. And so we can't afford a game where Caleb Martin looks like what we expected him to look like going into the season. <laughs> and so, because like, as long as your best players don't play bad, and even if yeah. they play bad, you know, we've seen other these other dudes step up constantly. Yeah. And so that's what you love about this team, man. Anybody's capable on any given night. One through fifteen. I don't. That's very rare in this league. I don't care what team you're talking about, what year, what era. That's very rare. They legitimately have thirteen guys that you trust playing and it not be a disaster. Yeah. Right. And so maybe, maybe twelve. I don't know how we feel about KZ. He he, he had a nice, <laughs> he had a nice showing last they, time, but they did figure something out with KZ. Just put him at center next to PJ. He'll be fine. And then the the dude broke his wrist or some shit. I mean, yeah. God, get well. <laughs> Get well, KZ. That sucks. You know, Keith is another guy that, you know, and yeah. I, we could talk about the lineup integration of guys uh, at, at a different date, but I'm feeling good. I, I just, I legitimately feel like I'm not scared of any team in the East. I think, you know, Brooklyn, the Miami Zoo uniquely equipped to defend Brooklyn. They can switch the, yeah. the, the favorite Brooklyn actions. They have enough size to bother the Nets. You know, Bam plays bigger than any other guys. And the Nets go at center you play into how Miami wants to play because they, our five can guard their five, and that's just not an advantage. That, that Usually that creates a disadvantage for other yeah. teams. And in Miami's case, it makes the matchup more straightforward because you you know, you don't have to finagle your defense to get either Jimmy or, or somebody or Bam on, onto KD. That just happens, and Jimmy can, can be on one of the guards, kind of provide some size and, and some help. You know, the Milwaukee, I don't know. I, I, you, I, I guess they're the team that... I would give the best chance to beat Miami, but are they Christian? Is Milwaukee scaring you? Uh, not without Brooke Lopez. Uh, it, it is a, and with, it and is a monumental. And without PJ Tucker, yeah. I, uh, thank you, Kenny. 
but really, like, there, there's a massive difference when you're talking about attacking the rim. And you've got to worry about Brooke Lopez versus Bobby Portis. With all due respect to Bobby. You know? <laughs> with all due respect like... to the man who never blinks. Um, and that's another <laughs> thing, because when the Bucks downsize to Giannis at the five, you again just simplify Miami. Like, okay, you're going to go really small. We don't really have to change our lineup. And, you know, we can now guard your five pretty straight up and you lose the advantages. And now you're just really thin and you don't rebound as well as we do because we're one of the best rebounding teams in the league and and we can switch all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then you have, you know, the Bulls, which... <laughs> you laughing at the Bulls? Because I am too. <laughs> <laughs> no, freaking Iman just saw that Wiggins is an all-star starter and she just writes, is it crack? <laughs> <laughs> She's hilarious, man. Shout out to Dishes and Dimes. Homies. Oh, my God. I don't know, guys. I just the, – the, none of these teams scare me. I, I, I'm not going to say that I would pick Miami to come out of the East if I had to put money on it. I don't know. But I'm I'm not going to lie, Chris. I, I, I'm getting closer and closer to saying that they should be favorites to come out of the East. And I know that they're never going to be a, a public favorite because stars are stars. But honestly – if you were to ask me, who do you think is the best team in the East? I would say I think the Heat are the best team in the East. Yeah, that's why I put on them to win I'm the there. championship over a month ago. And Gianni, the great thing about the market and or you know the United States in general, uh, kind of not giving a fuck about Miami and never talking about them and never giving them any spotlight, is that the betting odds are so much more favorable than they should be. So you know, have you have you put a little entertainment on it? Yeah, just Perhaps. twenty bucks worth, but holy bucks. shit! I'm gonna have a nice vacation if that, if that twenty bucks hits. I mean, listen, because those odds were a little bit um, unfavorable to the Heat earlier in the season. They're not. They may have only one All Star. They may not have Coach of the Year, and yet, you know, here they are, first place, clobbering teams. Um, they play the Clippers on Friday, tomorrow. Then they have the Raptors on the second night of a back to back. Um, you know, you want to go into, I think going into all-star break with the one seed is kind of a nice short-term goal for this team. I'm sure that they don't care about the seeding, but you know, get guys healthy. You know, Jimmy's questionable for tomorrow. I, I think with some sort of toe thing, Lowry is still out for personal reasons. You know, that's a gets, that's a Caleb night. That's a max night. You know, let's see if they have a, a little bit more magic in them. This has been such a, such an incredible year. And, uh, I don't know. I just kind of today wasn't super analytical. It was more like, shit, man, they're really good. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> you know, Kenny, it's just fucking good. No, but it, it is that simple. It is that simple, man. And fuck the Knicks. Like, you know, yeah. I see people on Twitter being miserable today, making trades, thinking about Duncan's salary hit in, in three years. Guys. Just call Harry out. It's not just Harry, though. It's like <laughs> it's it's, not, I wish it was just it's Harry. Hot, it it, I wish it was just hot take Harry. It's hot take Harry. <laughs> Harry responding to Cooper Moorhead tweeting out stats. Harry goes, I'm not taking the bait. I was like, what bait? And then he definitely <laughs> took the bait. He definitely <laughs> took the bait. I was like, it's Cooper Moorhead, for God's sakes. The fans just like, guys, they're winning a lot of games. They're crushing good teams. They're first fucking place. Why are you worried about a cap hit three years down the line? And either way it goes, 
that this is just a wrong organization to constantly do that with. We're talking about Andy Ellisberg and Pat Riley. We can sit back and be comfortable and just enjoy the team. They know what they're doing. They've shown it for 25 years plus. I'm not telling fans to like not be interested in that stuff because I think it's good to be an informed fan. But I think it just yeah. goes to a point where you go overboard, you know, with that. Like now you just like you're obsessed yeah. with being right and the smartest, most nuanced guy in the room. It's like, bro, they got rid of Hassan Whiteside, you know, the day that they needed to sign <laughs> Jimmy Butler. They can get rid of anybody. Yeah, and that's, they what, made the that's what I'm saying. Like, it's fine to be interested in that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's so, fine to be interested in that stuff, which is great. It is, it's, it's interesting to me sometimes. I am curious about salaries and what they can do or whatever the case is. But right now, just stop invading my space when I say some po- something positive about Duncan or Tyler and just being like, oh, but well, trade him over to whatever, make him do it. Like I said, on whichever show, I'll do every show here. But just doing bad Chef Trudy impressions, making bad jokes about where the player would be traded to or whatever. Just you can do your stuff over there. Just let us have fun, though. It's just a strange space to be in that, you know, you're we're, you guys are supposed to be fans. Right. And it's not yeah. to lecture people or anything. I just it's just something that I, I thought weird today that I opened Twitter this morning and it's everybody trading Duncan. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, like what? doing? What are we doing? Uh, I will say the only thing that will take away that that, that's good is that, you know, I'm glad that they're learning the idea of selling high, but still. They've never sold. (laughs) When have they sold low? Uh, Well, they don't ever sell, right? They don't ever sell. Like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, the heat. Chris, do you remember Kochi? Kochi Ramos told us that signing Chris Bosh was bad because it was a bad asset to have. The negative asset to re-sign Chris Bosh because you were not going to win a title and you should have pivoted for draft picks and space. And it's this fetishization of cap space and assets. And you become look at the Sixers. I I was I was about to say, I think a lot of that mentality has kind of been disproven in recent years, like most loudly by the Sixers, because like it, the justification was always wait and see. And guess what, motherfuckers? We saw. You didn't do shit. And they're going to argue so, the that Sixers? Ben torpedoed it. No. That, that, they're they're going to say that. But you, you've created a culture of losing in your organization for yeah. half a decade. What do you think is going to happen? And Yeah, though, they, there are examples. There is the Sixers. There is the Celtics who are in hell right now, there is <laughs> there is the OKC Thunder. There are teams who operate that way, and they don't ever actually become anything. Well, markets like in hillbilly hick cities, they got to, yeah. right? Like, what are you going to do if you're Indiana or if you're Oklahoma City? Nobody wants to live there. Yeah. Why would anybody choose to live there unless you offer a bag or you're hostage by a draft contract? You know what I mean? So it, it's, you know, those teams have, but Philadelphia has choices, right? And it's just, yeah. I do think it's funny that they've become the five seed that they never wanted to become. <laughs> I'll never forget it. They, yeah. they are what they did. They are what Hinky never wanted them to be. And again, they're going to blame Ben and they're going to say all this stuff, but 
you created that in your building, and then you refuse to move him because you're trying to hardball while your guy's having an MVP season. So Let me just say, I absolutely, I absolutely love dancing on the Sixers' grave. Like, regardless like- of the fact my hate for them stemmed from defending Hassan Whiteside, which yikes, but I just love it still. You know, in retrospect, I really got to say, we made the most of some really dark times. We oh, were rooting for our best Dion pods. Waiters and Hassan Whiteside. Hey, but that mean, as a pod or so as a team? Fun. As a pod or as a team? <laughs> as a team, as a community, like, like, and, and like, dude, if Spo doesn't now. win coach of the year this year, I'm going to fly to the league office <laughs> myself. And I'm just going to sit at the front. And I'm gonna wait. I'll go with you. For whoever is responsible for this, you think Tiff and Brown? <laughs> there will be those? answers. Just pick it Brown. outside of them. They've owed him that award for so many years. He's not gonna win. They're gonna give it to the Memphis guy, or they're gonna give it to. No, Billy no they're, so they're gonna give it to Monty Williams because they owe him from last season. But Spo needs one at some point. They talked about giving Kerr another one, and I'm like, what? Oh, no. I respect Steve Kerr. It is difficult to coach those types of teams, and they are. Typically, just so in sync, it's incredible. But Spo has to get one at some point. I think this year is the year. He, this is an absolute masterclass by him this season. Does Pat have a coach of the year? Pat has with the Lakers. I think way back coach of the year. Yeah. Jesus, good for you, Pat. You know they they showed Pat last night on the broadcast. There is nobody with an aura like Pat. Oh yeah. I think it's I think in our sport it's what is it, Pat, MJ and 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 uh and Phil Jackson. And I think Phil Jackson has a lot of bit of sheen. Yeah, Phil Phil kind of messed his up with his time with the Knicks. It's not yeah, really the same with him. It, it like Pat, like, you know, Chris I, Chris, I don't know, I don't know if you had events with Pat at season ticket events, but when I when I covered my first Pat Riley event, you know, and I'm standing Standing in between Ira Winderman and and uh, and and Anthony Chang and Pat looks at you, it's you know I don't know, bro. That there's like a an aura. The air gets thick. That guy feels powerful. It's weird. Is because I feel like it's really easy to argue at this point that Pat Riley has a better basketball track record than Phil Jackson, right? I think so, but longevity and consistency. You know what I it think is, Chris. When, when you bring up when you bring up that point, I think so, because I mean, so at some point, well, at one point, that '72 Lakers team was arguably the best team in NBA history. They're, they're the ones who I think still had the winning streak record. Pat was a player on that team. They won a championship that year. He became the coach later on from the like sideline. They ended up winning the championship after Magic got the original coach fired. That's another story. They had their dynasty. He went over to the Knicks. He made them relevant. We don't want to talk about this. He came to Miami. He did what he did. So we're talking about 40 years now, exactly, of Pat just being at the top of his game every single year. Dude, uh, Ian Arrow in the chat writes, no one can win with the Knicks. Pat Riley won with the Knicks. (laughs) And then they've never won since. Like, think about that shit. Think about it. The culture. (laughs) <laughs> I I didn't even think of that, Chris. Like, yeah, I think it's pretty unassailable at this point. Maybe I just think Phil, you know, being so front and center with the MJ teams, right? Yeah. And then you know the the Kobe Shaq legacies and stuff like that. 
Pat, you know, as a coach, you know, hasn't been in the public eye as recently. You know, Pat's more the godfather, you know, kind of figure, which I, I really feel it's like a Pat and Andy. It's like Andy's like his co-star behind the scenes, you know. Like I don't I think Pat knows that none of this is possible without Andy. That guy I do think too. And not to take away from Phil. Phil was an absolute genius as a coach, but he didn't have to make something out of nothing as often as Pat did. So Pat, yeah, he did have Ewing. Magic obviously one of the greatest players of all time. We don't talk about that. But Phil did walk right into Michael and Scotty, then Kobe and Shaq. And so Pat had years where he had to kind of just make shit work, including 06 with the guys who were quote unquote over the hill, along with a young E. Wade. So I would honestly, even unbiased, I think I would go ahead. I would go with Pat. I think I I I don't know. I think it's certainly uh, at this point in time, it's it's a lot closer than I think anybody would have thought. And and just the 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 winning, the fact that the Heat have made the finals in three different decades is insane. Mm-hmm. And they have a chance to win a title in three consecutive decades. If they make the finals this year, that's seven of the last twenty. It's fucking crazy. And- that's almost half the time. They've been so fucking successful. The Dolphins have not won a playoff game since Dwayne Wade was drafted. <laughs> it was 2003. When, when, almost, was the last time you won a playoff game with Fiedler? Was it, what, like early 2000s or something? Yes, the thing no, was 2001. 2001, I think, is the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game. 2001 or 2002? Because I know that they haven't won. December 2000. Since since Dwayne Wade has been drafted, the Dolphins, the Heat have gone on to make the finals seven, six times, win three titles, get to, what is it, eight conference finals. The only only time they made the conference finals and didn't get out was in 2004 when Wade broke his ribs. It's just, and it's not to shit on the Dolphins. And this is not, this is not for me to shit on the Dolphins. This is, this is to talk about the sustained excellence of this franchise that since Pat has walked in that door, they have been a good competitive basketball team. And since Wade walked through that door, they have been truly a flagship franchise for the best basketball league in the world. Yep. The heat are the potpourri to the dolphins pooping. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.